Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we are joined by special guest Darren Kylan. Darren, thank you for you being doing? our guest. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to have you here with us. Uh, yeah. So let's just get started. You cool. uh, you have a lot of credits uh, beyond in front of the camera. You have done a lot of writing, uh, directing, and producing, particularly in short films. So yeah. how, how did your career get started and the love for doing shorts? Yeah, so um, I started really young when I was about 10 years old. And from there, the love just kicked off. But um, it wasn't until I had my manager because things got really, really slow. So I asked him, I was like, hey, uh, what do I do? You know, and he's like, just create your own content, do your stuff. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So that was around 2018. Okay. I got this weird idea for a little short um, called Roommate Nightmare with a buddy of mine. And simple idea. Just, you know, you're living with a roommate and he's crazy. <laughs> um, just OCD and, like, doesn't know what he's doing. And it was, it was written in, like, two days and filmed the weekend after, you know. Uh, and it garnered kind of some attention from friends and families and other people. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then we just created more and more and more and, and some failures, some little successes. But it was all just a learning experience. And I loved every second of it. And... Now to this day, it's just my manager is still like, create more content, create more content. You know, when things are super slow, especially during the pandemic, it was just like, you know, if no one else is going to cast you, you got to cast yourself. Make your so, own opportunities. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that was the philosophy going into it. A lot of your shorts revolve around comedy. Would you say mm -hmm. comedy is, uh, when it comes to writing at least, you feel the most comfortable with? Yeah, yeah. I, I I, don't know. I just there's something about comedy because growing up, I was, I don't know, I felt like a class clown sometimes. <laughs> so I just figured like, okay, if I can make people smile and laugh, I can do it in writing as well. But um, that's the one I'm most comfortable with. But the one that I just absolutely love is horror and anything kind of sci-fi related. Nice. Like I would love to dive deep into the horror genre. Very nice. The one I love. That's great to hear. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people have this question. When, you know, a lot of people are interested in becoming filmmakers, creating shorts mm -hmm. is a great way of doing it. The big question yeah. everybody has is, how do you get your shorts in front of a viewing audience? How did you do it? So what I did was I just uploaded it to YouTube, you know, and I just texted friends and family. I was like, hey, watch it. If you like it, go ahead and share it. You put it up on Facebook, on Instagram, on, you know, at the time, TikTok wasn't a thing. No. So, but any, any way you can get it out there, doesn't matter how small it is, you know, um, you just need eyes yeah. to watch it, you know? And I know festival, doing the festival circuit, it costs money. And sometimes you're not guaranteed anything. No. But at least with YouTube, um, Vimeo, any sort of that, as long as you push it out there and you're, you're really, really consistent with it, then people will be more inclined to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you are very well known for doing a lot of uh, voiceover work, like our previous guest that we had this uh, week, uh, Harrison Zhu. You guys yeah. were both in All of Us Are Dead. 
You mm-hmm. played uh, the voice of the detective, correct? No, I played the voice of one of the one of the main students. He was okay. Harrison Zhu's character's best friend. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. the guy who always wore the, the suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, this show is a big, huge success on Netflix. It's still in the yeah. top ten. Uh, what was it like to be a part of it? And uh, when you got the role to do the voice, you know, Harrison sort of explained what he did. What did you do to get into the mindset of these characters? So I got an email randomly from the production company. It was like, hey, we want you to read for this role. So I drove all the way up to Burbank, was in a a live studio for about five minutes and they just gave me like random scenes cut together like yeah. random and they would watch it a couple times and we would um kind of go through it so as i was watching it i would kind of look at the little quirks that the character has that the actual actor does have you know ways he moves his face or way he moves his body um because in, in the show like i mean he's just you know, kicking zombies and hitting them with everything. He's just punching them. He's doing all this stuff. So I was like, that's kind of like how I would be in a, in a zombie apocalypse. Um, you know, that just that's just how it is. So it was just trying to get into that that feel and you would hear them talk and you would kind of, you try to imitate it. But then, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. But uh, I mean, it was just, it was like, getting into the mindset of like yeah. if i was in the zombie apocalypse what would and this you do happening, exactly what would you do being you know, a fan character... of horror uh i'm sure you must have been really excited at the opportunity to do this Super excited. yeah I, I didn't even know it was a zombie film you know when i did it they have very vague um breakdowns uh-huh. like they barely tell you anything so all i knew is it was a high school thing and I went in, it was a horror-esque type. And when I went in, you know, the first thing they show me is like, yeah, he's getting chased by zombies. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and I mean, this I, it was the most vocally demanding role, dubbing yeah. voiceover, anything I've ever done. Because the amount of running they do, the amount of breathing, the amount of fighting and just screaming, you know, um, it was insane, but yeah, I was, I was extremely excited to just be a part of this and, and do it, you know, when you got to see the, the final product, like we did. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's no wonder why it's so popular as a horror fan yourself, uh, as a fan, uh, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this show? So when I dubbed it, I was, cause you know, we only see our parts mm-hmm. and I was really confused by a lot of it but then i saw the film or the show and i was like oh that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. and i just i admire the storytelling i admire the 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 area that it just revolved around you know it it didn't go anywhere too crazy Mm -mm. you know like eventually it goes somewhere else but i mean i was just i was very pleased with it and i never expected it to you know be in the top 10 or any of that stuff because you know when you're doing these dubbing things you just you never expect anything yeah you know you you go to the studio you do your voice and 
you just go home. Do you but, feel um, that part of the success of All of Us Are Dead is because they really kind of kept it simple? A bunch of high schoolers trapped in a school. They have mm-hmm. this viral outbreak. And it's not like other series. They know they're zombies. They call them yeah. zombies. They even reference Train to Busan, which is a great yeah. film. And I like mm-hmm. that, that the fact that they do that. Uh, as a horror fan, is that something that you liked? All right, you know, they're not called something else. They, they're zombies. They, they, they realize they're dead and they're back from the dead. Do you like that yeah. aspect? I do, I do. Because a lot of films, they kind of, you know, beat around the bush on the word zombies because mm-hmm. it's so overused. Yeah. You know, they call them infected or, or whatever it may be. And walkers it's just like, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Whatever it may be, you know. Yeah, because even video games do that. They don't call them zombies. They're infected or yeah. sleeper, whatever it may be. But this was refreshing in a way because they were just like, they're zombies. You know? exactly. other like, they're not zombies. Come on. But it's like, that they're zombies. Yeah, they're dead. You and know? they're back. And they run. And they're crazy. What do yeah. you think about the zombie movies coming out of South Korea? They're so amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. But in particular with the rage zombies. The Americans, right. I mean, there have been some great uh, films outside of Korea that incorporated both rage and what I like to call the snail zombies, the creepy crawler type slow paced zombies. Yeah. The the rage zombies, uh, they're just like unstoppable. There's like no defense against them. So as mm-hmm. a horror fan yourself, uh, first off, which one do you find more entertaining, the slow or the rage infected zombies? I like the I like the rage infected. Um, the thing that all of us are dead they made kind of unique was that it just seemed like they were still human yeah. and could still do those things, but you knew they weren't. No. Because um, you know like half their face is gone or they survive these crazy things. Do and you- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, of I was going to ask you, do you like the fact that they incorporated the element where not everybody that bit gets turned into a full-blown zombie, like Henri yeah. and her character, mm-hmm. which I yeah. think was probably my favorite character of the whole show. Uh, mm-hmm. She was very fascinating, very multifaceted, uh, very interesting character. She got bit. But they don't turn, as did the uh, the antagonist, the bully of the school as well. Do you yeah. like that they put a sort of different spin on the whole zombie lore? I yeah, I did, because it's, it's always so common. Like, once you're bit, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, like, that's it. But for this, it's kind of like, you know, if you think about it, like, any type of disease, like, if you get it, there's still antibodies in you. You're still partially immune. You could be or you couldn't be. Yeah, and I like how they they did that in this. They made it somewhat realistic to where like not everyone's gonna be a full blown walker or zombie, or and they just they kept it different. It was refreshing to see because I know you know even video games do that. Like once you're bit, you're done. Yeah, and yeah, I just I thought that was really cool. And what I also liked is doing a comparison to sort of superhero movies. If somebody all of a sudden like Spider Man, he got bit by a spider, he became Spider Man. If you're good, you're going to use your power for good. But like in All of Us Are Dead with the bully, if you're Mm -hmm. a bully 
in life, you're going to be a bully if you get these superhuman powers and become a, yeah. a zombie. Uh, yeah. It transcends. And I like that aspect of it. And it really reminds me a lot. For some reason, as I was watching the show, it brought me back to like the superheroes. If you get power, if you're mm -hmm. good, you're going to use your power for good. If you're bad, you're going to use your, pow your power for bad. Right? Exactly. It just enhances whatever is already there. Now, you know, going back to South Korea and all the amazing films, particularly horror, even going deeper, the zombies, what 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 do you think the that is being done in South Korea that they're really nailing this genre and be, and are just so successful with it? Yeah, I mean, if I could pick one thing, like they've done so much to keep it different. Um and I know like we have the American adaptations. I think there's one of Train, Train to Busan yeah. that's coming out sometime. And I just, I don't know how that's going to work, personally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never but good as the original. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, if it's there, keep it like that. That's my opinion. But um, I they just, they always have an interesting take on any type of horror genre. I mean, like Parasite, for example, was mm -hmm. psychological horror. And it was just... You didn't really know what was going to happen next. And that's kind of what I liked about it. It's just, yeah. it's unpredictable in a way, but at the same time, it is predictable. You just don't know which way they're going to go. Exactly. As a voiceover actor, uh, do you want to continue to keep pursuing that? Like when times are slow with the pandemic mm -hmm. and, you know, there's not as many opportunities out there. Uh, yeah. Have you been sending in a lot more tapes for voiceover work? Yeah, I have. Um, it's not as much as I'd like. Like, I would like to do a voiceover every week if I could, mm -hmm. or even every day. Um, I love doing voiceovers. Um, I also love being in front of the camera, doing any type of actual acting. Yes. But there's a, there's a sense of, um, you know, there's a calmness to just being in a booth yeah soundproof booth and you just have this screen in front of you and that's how you uh you know that's that's your job for the day you're just voice acting all of us i told this to harrison as well all of us are dead uh for me it sort of depends sometimes i watch it with subtitles but because i was sort of working i watched all of us are dead dubbed so i heard your <laughs> voice throughout the yeah. entire uh episodes uh do you feel an added responsibility to make sure you get the emotions of the character spot on to portray that? I do. I do. And sometimes it also depends on the direction that we're given. So there are, I've done a number of voiceovers and I've had, I've worked with so many different directors and they all have their own unique style. So some of them want you to do more than what the actor in front of you is giving. And sometimes it sounds a little like anime dubbed. Yeah. Um, which is nothing nothing wrong with that for anime. Yeah. Because it's, it's an animated character. Uh, but when I think you're voicing an actual person, it's nice to at least match their energy. And facial expressions and yeah. the situation that they're in in particular. I could yeah, totally, exactly. totally understand that. Uh, we learned that the studio, in this case, it was Netflix, provided mm -hmm. the translation. Uh, yeah. 
when you were reading the translation and also watching the scenes that involved your character, uh, do you feel that the trans the translations that you were given nailed it uh, as far as what was being said in Korean translated mm -hmm. into English? They were pretty close. Sometimes the translations get lost in the mix, mm -hmm. and um, we're required to match the, their mouth movements. They call them flaps. Yeah. So sometimes the English translation is like a one-syllable word, mm -hmm. but the Korean word for it is like two or three syllables. Yeah. I'm bilingual so as well, so I totally understand okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's sometimes it's tough to translate it literally. Yeah. So they have to kind of add a little bit of stuff to at least make it match. What's but coming most out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So as you move forward, uh, you know, you have absolutely the right idea. Make your own opportunities until mm -hmm. something else comes its way. I see you have a lot of other shorts that are in post-production and whatnot. Uh, are, you, are you keeping yourself busy and producing and writing new content? I am. I took a little hiatus after for all of January um, from any type of writing just because, I mean, it was so dead for me. Yeah. I didn't get a single thing until January 31st. I got my first audition. <laughs> um, you know, but then my girlfriend, she was like, hey, you don't seem very motivated to do this stuff. I was like, huh, kind of, yeah. So she, you know, kind of like lit the fire again, and I've been writing nonstop the last week on just a bunch of different shorts different ideas and um all that stuff and i think the most important thing is is don't limit yourself to a budget or to anything you don't think is possible because eventually it will be possible and that was what kind of clicked for me because yeah. i was just thinking like oh, okay i have no money i i can't you know make blood or anything like that or, or any of that stuff and i was like wait then I'm limiting the script and the story and it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. 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 If you see as your career progresses, uh, like let's say uh, a writing, a piece of writing of yours really takes off a short. We have seen mm -hmm. many times shorts be made into feature films and you're yeah. presented with an opportunity where you get approached by, let's say a studio, independent filmmakers, producers, whatnot, they love mm -hmm. this short and they want you to write a feature. They want you to turn it into a feature film and to write it. Uh, yeah. You sort of mentioned that your your passion is to be in front of the camera. Uh, mm -hmm. But is that something that you would not be happy with? Or would you just love the opportunity that someone really loved one of your short films and the writing behind it to turn it into a feature film? Yeah, I would actually love the opportunity, you know, as... For, for the longest time as I was writing this stuff, and especially during the pandemic, I just thought, you know, my writing sucks. You know, you're your own biggest critic. Exactly. But I just, I constantly had that, which is why I stopped for a while. I was just like, God, this sucks. No one's going to want to see this. Like, I don't even like doing it, yada, yada, yada. But it was just me making excuses for yeah. not doing anything. Um, but, I mean, I would love that opportunity. I would love to write a feature film. You know, I have so many like different ideas that I would love to incorporate in something and like working with a team, producers and other writers and all that would be fantastic. Like I would love that. 
Yeah. You know, it would be a different skill set that I could learn, uh, get constructive criticism for, and then take it into any future projects that I do. That's a great attitude. That's a great attitude to have. Uh, I saw one of your posts today in uh, the release of Dog, which uh, stars Channing Tatum. And you had a very Mm -hmm. interesting quote. Let's see if my scene got cut or something to that matter. Did your scene get cut? Did you watch it? I didn't watch it yet. It just came out today, uh-huh. but I was, you know, I was still nervous for this that I didn't have any time to to, to go to the theater because I actually forgot. Um, but then I I saw on IMDb I was like, oh, there's a news article out, and I kept getting notifications for it, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, well, I guess it's out. Um, so I I don't know. But... Well, I'm gonna watch it. I hope your scene did not get cut. Now you're also. <laughs> in a very big film that's coming out this summer with Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt. It's a small role, yeah. but it, the, the movie is called Bullet Train. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Honestly, that was probably the best experience I've had on a set so far. Um, it just came out. Of, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was insane. I mean, we can go on for hours talking about how the set looks and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they started production right after, um, and like whatever happened with the pandemic, they got the okay to bring, you know, this many people onto the set. Mm-hmm. So it was a little rough the first couple of days. Um, I filmed off and on for about two or three months. And I mean, it was just, absolutely insane you know seeing some of these stars up close and like being able to work in the same room with them and it was just it was cool the two like, main stars really cool. are brad pitt and sandra bullock did you actually get to see them and, and so on i got to see brad pitt nice yeah i got to see him um i, I remember like the first it was i think the first day on set um his double walked in mm-hmm. and I was like, is that Brad Pitt? I don't even know, <laughs> you know, but I was like, no, he's standing up too straight. I don't think Brad Pitt walks like that. You know, it's like, there's a yeah. bunch of different things. You start doubting yourself and then you hear him talk and it's like, that does not sound like him. That guy has like a commanding voice. Yeah. Um, and then Brad Pitt actually came on and he's got this very like soft voice doing the scene. And I was like, okay, that's, that's him. That's definitely Brad Pitt. What are your feelings yeah. walking onto a big budget set? Was it what you thought it would be? Did it completely it blow you away? Yeah, it did. It was at Sony Studios. And I just remember walking onto the actual set and just being blown away by one, the budget was insane. And two, that they actually, you know, it's on a train, of course, mm-hmm. bullet train. They actually built train cars. Wow. And they had about three of them. And I was, you know, you walk through this and you're just amazed every step of the way. And they got this, you know, so many like wires running everywhere. And it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane. As a filmmaker like, yourself. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, in 98% of all filmmakers work on micro budgets, you know, yeah. and doing the best that they can. And here you are, you got a part on this multi-million dollar film. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you say uh, it's like completely two different worlds, but the 
end objective is you guys are creating you're yeah. it's, it's art you're making yeah. motion pictures uh but do you think there's a great big divide that just separates the two worlds completely so i actually don't i don't think so because okay. i think in the end everyone is there to do one job and that's to create yeah um you know i don't think this they're not worlds apart the only thing different is the budget the money yeah but in the end like it's all the same like people are there to make magic happen you know like it, it's insane too because um you know doing student films when i was younger you'd meet these people that just had a very negative outlook on it and they're like oh i wish i had this i wish i had that i wish i had this and it's like okay well you know you can keep complaining or you can yeah, just stop bitching and, and do something about it exactly just work with what you got yeah you know that's it and like these people on the set they've got everything but at the same time they they're like completely erratic and scattered because every, every you know they got to find actors and they got to do this and like oh someone's gone like oh we don't know you know but they're all super respectful they're really nice and they get the work done yeah which i think is the most important thing and they know how to they just treat everyone with respect so there's not this huge divide at all it's it's more the the people and the mindset that goes into it which yeah. will make us will make or break a set i totally agree i completely yeah. agree uh you you have a reputation as a martial uh arts artist uh tell us a little bit about that yeah so i was i started off in taekwondo uh when i was about 13 years old and from there taekwondo turned into um karate then turned into every other martial art imaginable and studying bits and pieces of that and my manager caught wind of it he's like hey that's an awesome yeah, yeah yeah and as a kid like you don't really think that is because you know i was just like a little asian boy mm-hmm. going into this whole hollywood business like you don't know what to expect yeah um, it's like how many how many other dudes that look like me also know martial arts mm-hmm. so many <laughs> um but so I, I then created my first action short um that i choreographed myself and then did all that and i was i was quite pleased with it you know because i came from i just came from from an injury mm-hmm. and then a month later once i started feeling better we started production up on that but yeah my my martial arts journey has been just straight commitment getting hurt not giving up and and just you know you got to get back on the horse you can't just lay down and and and, you know die pretty much like you just can't do that yeah and i i mean it is a even in hollywood particularly hollywood it's an asset you never know what Mm -hmm. opportunities that is going to open up for you and yeah. everything is an asset and i think you've got a great attitude uh darren and i love the fact that you just don't sit around you make opportunities for yourself i want to thank mm-hmm. you so much for just coming on here and Good. sharing your stories looking forward to bullet train that's coming out in the summer i'm gonna watch yes. dog i'm gonna look for your scene i'm gonna make sure yeah. they didn't cut it uh any final thoughts you want to share before we go uh, no, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on. You know, you asked great questions. This is not what I expected from any type of interview. Oh. So I really do appreciate it. And thank you. You know, 
Thank hope you. we can do this again sometime. I get. I hope. I de- I think we will. I absolutely, definitely think we will. I want to thank Darren for being our guest. Thank you to our audience who's tuning in live and those who will watch this later on. On behalf of Darren and myself, guys, stay safe, have a great weekend, and stay walking. Good night. All right.